Hey, a couple of things that I wanted to say before the episode starts. First, thank you very much for listening once again. And I wanted to ask you for a favor. The rulebook has had a pretty amazing reception so far. Um, I'm really, really ridiculously excited by the number of people who are listening. And because of that, I'm making an effort to get episodes out much more frequently. To help me to do that, I'd really like it if you could let your friends know that could be by tweeting at rulebook podcast that could be by sharing a link to the website the rulebook.xyz sharing the podcast in your favorite podcast app however you think uh, the message is going to get out there second this is a little bit of a lighter episode than the first two still really serious subject area just a little bit of a lighter treatment but don't worry things will get heavy again here's the episode I got a private message from um, from this student who posted, uh, you know, posted a pic of a ticket inspector, and then apparently the ticket inspector found her on the train and told and bullied her into taking it down. And then through the page, because they saw her, they messaged her privately and said something to the effect of, "If you know what's good for you." you'd take that photo down. I'm James Milson, and this is The Rule Book. The rules we make and sometimes break. And this story looks at one example of the many ways that we can use new technologies to keep an eye on the people who are keeping an eye on us so she yeah she got here and she just sort of was really um taken aback by how aggressive and militant they were with enforcing the rules this story was brought to me by an ex-lawyer who now works in a position in which he can't afford to give away his name he's asked to be known as tex moyer i um begged him to come up with something better he refused tex kicks things off so there's this new Facebook group. Well, let's say new-ish. It's like over 7,000 members where essentially people post the whereabouts of ticket inspectors, post their photos. Um, it's like almost like live updates about where ticket inspectors are all over Melbourne. And we're talking about ticket inspectors on public transport um, and really all over Victoria and Australia. The group's called, where are our mates? Melbourne's public transport ticket wardens today, question mark. Things you know, the the most common post is like mates on the such and such tram. Um, make sure you blow them a kiss, or make sure you wave. Make sure you've got your smarts on, or whatever. You know, so there's they're they're, they're the most common fleeting posts. And that's Cesar Rodriguez. He's the administrator of the Facebook group. So it's probably useful to know instead of talking about ticket inspectors, they refer to them as mates. Here are a few examples of posts on the page. Friendly Saturday morning mates on the Lilydale line just pulled out of Hawthorne. I'll just read a few, someone will be bored. Those are two suburbs in Melbourne. Do you want me to read them? I can read them in different voices. No. This is Sandra <laughs> Swish. <laughs> uh, undercover mates on 86 tram line spreading love at Clifton Hill stop heading away from city. And that's that tram line made famous by Courtney Barnett. Yeah, true. Um, and also there was a... a um, Massacre, not too far from there. Okay. Yeah. Tone change. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Oh, this is a good one. Oh, this is from Georgia. King of man spreading next to me, giving all his money to a mate on the 19 city bound. I'm choosing to believe his donation is not for being able to close his legs. I can't understand that at all. <laughs> yeah, so instead of talking about fines, they talk about donations. Oh. Yeah. What, and so why are they? Why is all of the talk encoded? Like, why is it mates instead of inspectors? It's just the culture of the site. Okay, so to explain, it's probably worth, uh, yeah. But is it to is it to subvert authority that they're talking like that? It's just all tongue in cheek. Like it's a bit of satire. So and that kind of st- that starts with the rules of the group. So let's get to the rules of the group soon. But first, I just want to hear a little bit more from Cesar Rodriguez, the group administrator, um, just to give us a bit of background. It was actually a little bit more. It was a little bit clickier. It was definitely more in a northern suburb, hipster kind of iro- ironic humour. You know. People doing funny things like making videos of mates, putting subtitles in, and it was really for a laugh, basically, at the start. But, yeah, mostly it's just people jumping on and going, uh, yep, mates on the 86 heading towards the city. As far as the page works as a live tracking, you know, forum for for ticket inspectors, I don't think it's really that effective. I mean, I don't fare evade, and so... I jump on a tram and go, I wonder if this is going to run into my mates and they'll probably recognise me. And okay, just realising that this is the tiniest bit boring, but we've got to have a quick look at what the rules are for the public transport system here in Victoria. And I'm just remembering actually that Tex and I had this very discussion. So here it is, um, starting off with the fact that you've got to have this yellow card. It's called a Mikey. Find out how Mikey can work for you. Um, and you can top it up um, and then you swipe it, tap it, whatever. Uh, a bit of a pain in the ass to top up generally. Like you have to go to your corner store or, you know, at the train station. It's a bit of a cumbersome system. Whatever. You need to, like, you're told by law to tap on your ticket. So essentially what's happened is that Melbourne now employs over 600 ticket inspectors. So these are dudes, usually men, often ex-security guards uh, that wander around Melbourne's public transport system, trains, trams, and they will stop you and ask you whether you have a validated Mikey. And they actually sometimes are in um, civilian clothing and get out a badge. <laughs> but they're kind of like... They're the worst kind of extras because they're so bad at looking like civilian. (laughs) Like, I'll be on my tram, the 96, and there'll be, like, essentially a bunch of public servants and hipsters, and then people dressed in Hawaiian shirts, shorts. I don't know why white socks and pulled-up white socks seem to be mandatory. All right, that's a slight digression. Anyway, the point is that's the system... Now, Tex has some experience of the system. Um, yeah, when I used to be a lawyer, I had clients who would literally rack up like 50 grand, sometimes up to 100 grand in unpaid um, fines and who spent their days trying to evade ticket inspectors. Um, probably something else that's useful to say is that ticket inspectors kind of have a lot of the same powers as police. So if they catch you and you try and run away before they get your details, they can use reasonable force to stop you. So that could mean pinning you to the ground. And indeed, stories pop up from time to time about when transport inspectors or authorised officers, as they're known, are overzealous. 
Michael Aravopoulos was simply trying to get home when he was set upon by six ticket inspectors. He claims they dragged him onto a train. There are accusations and evidence that they're going over the top, dispensing their own form of rough justice. It seemed to be a pretty regular deal, especially for young kids, young African kids um, in the outer suburbs, catching the train without a ticket for ticket inspectors to rough them up quite a bit. It seems like a lot of ticket inspectors were pretty good at knowing where the CCTV cameras were, so generally they'd take them to a black spot and then beat the crap out of them. Um, It's fair to say that there's a fair amount of ill feeling towards ticket inspectors in Melbourne, not just because they cause financial injury, because... Uh, in the past, they've been known to be quite heavy-handed. That might be part and parcel of employing a bunch of people who work as security guards to be the public face of the transport system in Victoria. And in fairness, it has to be said that these are some stories. There are plenty of ticket inspectors uh, all over the place at all times. And so there are obviously a bunch of times where they're also, you know, fine. But this isn't so much about that. This is about the thousands of public transport users in Victoria who have banded together to keep an eye on those who are keeping an eye on them. For me, this story is about something that requires me to do something uh, that's against a rule that I made uh, for this podcast, and that is to use Latin. Lawyers love Latin. It's not clear to me exactly why. It gets used in court fairly frequently, um, perhaps specifically so that the people affected by the court proceedings can't understand what's going on. Anyway... I'm going to do it here once and only once. Quiz custodia, ipsos custodia. Quiz custodia, ipsos custodies. And it's a phrase which means who will guard the guards. You've probably heard of it at some point along the line. Um, it's also sometimes translated as who will watch the watchman. And, uh, and in that translation, it was used in the film, The Watchman. Um, we'll think a little bit more about that later on. But for now... Let's have a listen back to when Tex and I had a chat about it. The point of it is that it's it's talking about people um, holding the the state or the establishment to account for. So they're trying to detect us disobeying their rules, and then we're trying to detect them detecting us and see that they're doing it fairly and um, and within the broader rules. Which, in a way, is totally is part of where this site is at. Um, So it seems like it's about, yeah, exactly that, watching the watches, keeping an eye on power. That's the story that I'm interested in. We as societies give power to certain people to, uh, to watch over us or simply to watch us, but sometimes we want to take the power back or we want to check on the power, and so we watch them ourselves. And I'm sure you'll be thinking of examples right now of when this happens, because it happens all the time. The first example that springs into my mind is when you're on the highway, a car coming the opposite direction flashes its headlights at you, and that tells you there's a cop with a radar gun up ahead. And as I was saying, there are examples in popular culture and popular media as well. Um, I talked about The Watchmen, that film. It's a comic book movie. There are other examples in the comic book world, like Batman. Uh, a lot of the time, his whole thing is being a check on, um, on state power, watching out for corrupt policemen, that sort of thing. Um, there's bad guys too, I get that. Another one that um, that springs to mind for me is The Wire, the TV series, in which there are a whole bunch of examples of this, but one of them might be uh, where 
there are corner boys for want of a better description who start singing out 5-0 when police come now i know that i'm sounding pretty white melbourne suburban right now um but just you know bear with me i, I guess you kind of get my point i guess just be grateful that i haven't said in the hood or anything like that yeah, and it's it's interesting because, I mean, people use the group for a variety of reasons, not just to give live updates, but also to get advice and legal advice from each other about what their rights are. Um, but also they use it in a way like to keep an eye on power. Um, and you can see from the photos of ticket inspectors that are on the Facebook group that they do not like having their photo taken. They hate it. Um Often they'll claim it's illegal. It's not illegal. I mean, in Australia, there's no strong right to privacy. You can take a photo of anyone in the public sphere. Once you step outside your door, people can just take photos of you. Yeah, I would take photos of them. And, and a, a lot of the time, they just didn't know the facts. Like, I would take a photo of a ticket inspector and that will be... I remember one guy was like, you can't take a photo of me, mate. And I was like, well, why not? So it's not only about watching the Watchmen, it's about being aware of the rules that the Watchmen are trying to enforce. According to Cesar, and he says members of the group, there are... Ticket inspectors who don't really understand their legal parameters, they do... The big question that you're asking in your head, but I'm stating anyway, is it legal for members of this Facebook group to post the whereabouts of public transport inspectors online even though we can probably assume that when they do the posting, they know that they're essentially helping people to avoid the public transport inspectors and, I guess, to not pay for the public transport. So there are the laws the government makes. We democratically elect the government and that gives them the power to make those laws. Then in this case, there's also this other set of rules dictating how people can go about talking about the laws in this Facebook group, at least. We'll get to that a little bit later. For now, Tex and I are a couple of lawyers who haven't dealt with public transport issues for a while, in fairness. So we thought that we'd better talk to someone a little bit better up to speed. This is Alex Burt, a barrister in Melbourne who has some more recent and much more expert experience in this area. So we asked Alex, is the group legal? The first thing that she talked about was, well, what are the purposes, as stated, I guess, of the group? The starting point being that the purpose of the group, from this conversation at least... Seems like it's got to do with helping people not to pay fares. It's clear that the group says it is not the purpose of the group. And there are other purposes that the group is set up for. One of the reasons is that they want people to have their smiles on or to be on their best behaviour when they see the tram inspectors. So I'm not sure how realistic that is in terms of a, a reason. But there are certainly concerns about the way that... Um, tram inspectors and ticket inspectors treat people and I think legitimate concerns based on the kind of um, cases that sometimes make it to court where it's clear that ticket inspectors have been very heavy-handed or violent towards people. So it seems to be, in a way, um, a legitimate purpose there. 
it's kind of reasonable that, to assume that people are actually using this Facebook group a bit like I use it. One, to take the piss out of ticket inspectors, but also uh, to fare evade. Um, because it is, it's like a real-time way of tracking where ticket inspectors are, so you can make more of an informed decision about whether or not you want to, you know, fare evade. It's actually really, it would be really hard to catch someone for like aiding and abetting using this, this Facebook group. Aiding and abetting, you might have heard of it. It basically means helping someone commit a crime. If you're the lookout while someone jumps the counter of 7-Eleven and robs the place, you're probably aiding and abetting. There's probably an argument, at least a superficial argument, that it is providing people with information that allows them to do that. Whether that actually reaches a kind of criminal standard, I think, would be really debatable because if you were intentionally assisting someone to commit a crime then that would be a crime in and of itself. But here I I think where the group is very general and they're not um, trying to help any particular person evade any particular fare evader, I don't think this general information could really be said to um, uh, facilitate crime in the sense that the Crimes Act kind of contemplates where people are involved in the commission of offences when they assist with those offences being committed. I mean, obviously undermines what the Department of Transport are trying to do, which is to surprise people. But maybe in this day and age it's not realistic to employ that strategy in order to, um, in order to try and catch people because there's nothing to prevent people from sharing this information within this group. On the other hand, this could all be moot because... How do you show in a court of law that somebody has gone online on Facebook checked it and then used the information from this site to fare evade because by virtue of them using it to fare evade, you're not going to catch them. Mm. So it's actually a really sweet system because there's no way of proving it because if people are using it successfully, they're not going to be caught. So there's no way of proving that they have relied upon a message on that group to fare evade. And then so then you can't link back that behaviour to the individual who's posted it. Is this, is this one of those examples where technology and the capabilities of, like, new capabilities of human beings has gone, has surpassed the law? So in a sense, the law is incapable of stopping what is, what is potentially, I should say, a mass form of fair evasion. So it might be legal, but is this something where the law is going to have to catch up because, you know, this group a few months ago had 3,000 members. Now after, you know, I found out about it after it had been in The Guardian, it now has over 7,000. If people keep on joining at that rate, you're going to have a system or a community of potential evaders that is really going to start impacting on the day-to-day activities of ticket inspectors. So is this something where the state comes in and regulates the legality of individuals posting information about the whereabouts of authority on the public transport system? So I got in touch with Public Transport Victoria. Uh, That's the body that looks after these authorised officers, uh, which we've been calling public transport inspectors and other various sort of inspectors. Anyway, I asked them how do they feel about these Facebook groups because there's more than one of them and in my view they didn't give a direct response they told me about um, some stats and that these authorized officers are important to ensure fair compliance but 
they really didn't say whether or not they approve of or are upset about these Facebook groups. Now, I alluded before to another aspect of this that I wanted to have a look at, and that's the fact that this forum, uh, giving people the opportunity to watch The Watchmen, has its own rules. And so there are these administrators of the group, like Cesar, who, in effect, are making up the rules under which we're allowed to watch the people who are enforcing the rules. Or the question might become, who will guard the guards who guard the guards? So the group's rules. Some of them are kind of funny, like... Don't forget to thank your mates, the Ticket Wardens, for the awesome work they do every day. But some of them do restrict the way that people who want to use the group can behave. Having a swear and stuff is cool, but name-calling and aggression towards mates or other members is a bit stupid, so leave it out. You will be ejected. And then Cesar provides this example. Dogs on the 96 tram heading to the city and stuff like that. And I think for me, like... It's, I got attracted to the page because if I had a run-in, I would jump on the page and just use sarcasm to, and, and, and avoid expletives to express my frustration, which I think is a really good way to, to do it. And we're quite specific about not being rude or, you know, swearing or calling them names and, you know, that kind of thing. So I think it's a really good way for people to just let, let off some steam using some humour. Then an example of a post by Cesar himself on the group. Tex reads it out for us. About seven months ago, I was on my way to the pub to get shit-faced. And then, mate. Mikey, please. Sorry, do that again. I'll do a proper mate voice. Okay. Mikey, please. Who are you? Basically the same. I'm a mate. Show me your Mikey. No, who are you? Mate. Flashes a shiny badge. I'm a mate. Mate. Write your name and ID number down for me, please. Once you show me your Mikey. No, boy, you approached me. I don't talk to strangers. First rule my mum taught me. Give me your deets or leave me alone. Flashy badge means nada. Mate, reluctantly writes down deets. Okay, here you go. Now you're Mikey. Do you have a warrant to search my person? Do you have any reason to believe I've committed an offence? What? I'm assuming you don't. So I uphold my right to remain silent. And actually, this concept that I'm so fascinated about of watching the watchers who are watching the watchers is not something that escapes Cesar. The actual general vibe of the page and the tone is set by me and my ethics and morals. And so I find that a little bit weird. I'm like, well, shit, you know, mate, how is that? How, how is my morality more important or, you know, like, so, so like there'll be a difference of opinion and I kind of need to sort of go, like if someone presents a different opinion, I need to sort of go, well, I disagree with that, but that's personally, and sort of try and separate it from the page. But at the end of the day, the page, you know, I'm the one that applies the, the rules of the, pl- the page. So I think the, like, the central question for all of it is essentially, is this about watching the watches or is this about people ripping off a system? Like, what is it? Mm. And whether, even, like, whether it's legal or not, is it right? What does it mean to set up a system with the intent of watching the watches, knowing that it's going to be used by perhaps thousands of people to break the law on a daily basis? I mean, because I just think about... You know, it's really complicated because I use it in a complicated way. I use it to take the piss, um, to take photos, to say funny things. But sometimes when I don't have a ticket, I use it 
so I don't have to pay big fines. And the other big question is, should this be regulated? Should the use of social media to give live updates that are, you know, you'd suspect are being used to break the law on a mass scale, should that be regulated? And you might actually be thinking like I am at this point. Tex keeps asking questions and saying before he asks the question, well, this is the question here and then asking another rhetorical question. But that maybe raises the issue that, well, maybe there isn't just one question here. Maybe there's more. Maybe we could think about it like, what are the benefits? Where's their good coming out of um, this Facebook group? And who's the good for? Is there good coming out of it for the consumer, for the traveler? Is there good coming out of for the government? Um, I think that those are some of the ways to look at it. And you, you'll have your own spin on it too. I just think, I think it helps because I know, like, I know that there are inspectors on the page and I think it is, like, I mean, I, I don't want to sound like a vigilante, but I feel like it's a good way to make them accountable. That's And that's the other point, like, I think with a lot of these guys, they're sort of on our public transport system just roaming around, you know, marauding around and enforcing these rules that they don't even really understand. I do think that, yeah, I do think in a sense ticket inspectors can act um, with unchecked power a lot of the time. And I think that can be in relation to um, the way that they treat people, so their conduct towards people. Uh, and also I think the system generally in terms of Mikey and regulating offences clearly needs some greater scrutiny. So I think there's a legitimate purpose in trying to inform people who might have had terrible experiences with the tram inspectors or ticket inspectors before from getting into those positions again because people in those situations are really very powerless and there's definitely a power imbalance that can be um, in the favour of the tram inspectors once a matter's actually at court. So in that sense, I do think it's uh, legitimate. I'm really cautious of making sure that anyone who promotes or suggests they're fair evading um, are dealt with. Yeah. Either I just say, look, we don't promote it, either delete the post or we'll, you know, we'll delete you. there i think that there's a lot to think about in this one i think that it's so much bigger than public transport in melbourne tweet at me if you'd like to at rulebook podcast uh, we can discuss it there head to the website therulebook.xyz let me know what you think for goodness sake don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure that you don't miss the much more frequent episodes that are coming in the very near future and thank you so much for listening. The Rulebook was produced this time by me, James Milsom. Music 
by me as well. You also heard a few seconds of music from Courtney Barnett. Uh, you heard a bit of a clip from the ABC TV channel. If you want to hear more music vaguely similar to the music you've heard in this and other episodes, uh, head to jamesyo.com, J-A-M-E-S-Y-O-H-H-H, that three H's.com. Thanks so much to the brilliant mind we have known herein as Tex Moyer, however bad a pseudonym that might be. Thanks also to Alex Burt, barrister, who you heard from, and Cesar Rodriguez, who was very generous with his time and uh, all of those insights that he gave. See you next time. Yeah, I'm too afraid. I reckon I've been done about five times and I've paid the fine once. Um, because I, I use the, the power of... Uh, a well-written paragraph to mm. um, yeah anyway I think it was Captain Planet who said the power is yours was that even Captain Planet <laughs> yeah no it was yeah yeah which planeteer do you like feel most affinity heart towards? the little heart. guy what's his oh, name that's really sweet but I want to say Mowgli but I know that that's from the Jungle Book <laughs> <laughs> I want to say wind but I guess now I'm no longer vegetarian and there are less chickpeas in my diet mm. not so much got it <laughs> so, yeah, I'm so Trixie Studio.